This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, since the uh, winter meetings wrap up on a Thursday, we figure before we fly out we should uh, kind of at least put somewhat of a bow on it. I, I have a, a tendency to believe that things, uh, even while we're up in the air on the way back from San Diego to Tampa, may break in terms of the potential of some raised news, if not shortly thereafter. Um, but uh, during the podcast, you'll hear some comments from Vice President of Baseball Operations Peter Bendix. You'll hear from Jeff McLaren, uh, Director of Minor League Operations. Uh, Chad Matola, race hitting coach, was down here in San Diego. And you'll also hear from Justin Sua, who works uh, on the mental skill side. Um, uh, let's start with uh, where we are. The Rays leave basically in the same shape they came, but at least uh, we get a sense that things are starting to move pretty close. Uh, in fact, hearing a lot of rumblings in the hallways that the Rays are either very, very close to agreeing to deals to add some offense uh, or may do so uh, shortly after the winter meeting. So here's what, uh, after the Rule 5 draft, Peter Bendix had to say uh, about where the Rays are and what they got accomplished here. We made a lot of progress on a lot of things here, and we still have a lot of balls up in the air. Um, the market's been moving a lot faster, as everybody knows, which is kind of nice, but we're still not playing at the, the very top of the market, and so we have to wait for kind of the trickle-down things to move. But I do feel like, compared to the last couple of years, things moved along a little bit more quickly here, so I'm optimistic that we won't have to wait until the end of January or February or March before some things fall to us. It's surprising how quickly things move here and just... I wasn't really that shocked. I think there's enough market forces at play that there's a lot of teams who are really actively trying to make themselves better in ways that they weren't necessarily last year. Um, and so that leads to more demand than supply. And so I'm not shocked that things moved the way that it did, but you never know it's going to happen until it actually does. You have started to see some players sign on one-year deals or two-year deals. Is that reasonable to believe that things can happen here in the month of December for you guys? I think it's possible, yeah. I, I hope that there's players that want to get things moving and before the end of the year, before Christmas, or whatever deadline you want to put. Guys want to know where they're going to go. They want to know where they're going to report in spring training, and it benefits the, the teams to know whether or not you'll be able to sign a player. So I'm, I'm hopeful that the pace will continue. That is uh, Peter Bendix, Vice President of Baseball Operations. Of course, uh, the winter meetings always wrap up with the Rule 5 draft, and the Rays have a lot of depth in their system. Um, they lost uh, one player in the Major League phase in uh, Stephen Woods Jr. Um, I'm not quite sure if he'll be able to stick uh, as a guy who hasn't pitched above the A-ball level. Um, obviously, a very talented arm with a fastball in the area of 94-97. It's kind of wait-and-see approach. Uh, last year, the Rays lost Sam McWilliams to the draft to uh, Kansas City, and he was returned. Uh, late in spring training. So it's possible that Woods could come back to the Rays. We'll have to wait and see in that area. They also got a kid named uh, Faustino Carrera, uh, a guy who pitched in South Bend last year in the minor league phase, uh, and he 
will uh, join the Rays system as a projectable left-hander with pitchability. Um, the Rays also did suffer a loss in their farm system in uh, Craig Albernez, and super happy for Albie. He's one of the, the nicest people you're going to find on the planet, and certainly he's paid his dues. He'll be uh, the bullpen coach for uh, Gabe Kapler's uh, team in San Francisco. Um, let's hear a little bit from uh, Jeff McLaren, uh, starting with uh, his thoughts on Stephen Woods Jr. Uh, being taken in the Rule 5 to Kansas City. Fifth time in the last six years, we uh, lost somebody in the major league phase of the Rule Five. But I think that's, you know, the double-edged sword to all of our depth is that we aren't able to protect everybody. And uh, excited for Steven to get the opportunity with Kansas City. He uh, put in a lot of work over the last year, given the injury he had in 2018. Uh, we saw flashes of the guy that we saw, that we traded for this past year. Um, definitely thought he has a future, and, and um, excited to see what he can do with Kansas City. And you lost one, you gained one in the minor league portion. The Carrera kid, is that a more projectable arm for what you normally would get from the minor league phase? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a different profile than what we normally select in the minor league phase. Uh, what our scouts saw at Carrera is the guy who can really pitch. Um, has a four-pitch mix that he's able to utilize pretty well. Uh, was able to make 20 starts in the Midwest League at, at age 20 last year. Uh, we're hoping that there's some more physical projection there, that the stuff ticks up uh, as he matures. And if that's the case, you have a guy that knows how to pitch already, uh, it's a good thing to have already in place. And you want to touch on Albie, too, and, and him going to the Giants and what it means to the system? Yeah, couldn't, couldn't be happier for Craig Albernaz, uh, a guy who grinded all the way through his minor league career as a player and now as a staff member. Uh, doing things the right way all the way through. Uh, w nobody works harder. Uh, as the Rays, we're, we're sad to see him go. He was a big piece of what we do on the development side, but this is an opportunity that he couldn't turn down and a chance for a guy who's been a career minor leaguer to, to experience the charter flights and the big league lifestyle is something that uh, I'm, I'm super happy that he gets to do. We certainly appreciate uh, Jeff McLaren uh, joining us for a moment. The other thing I wanted to touch on uh, was... Um, you know, the Rays, obviously, offensively, are undergoing a lot of change. Um, so I thought it was a good idea to chat with Chad Matola while he was in San Diego, uh, get his take about the offense being a bit in flux, and uh, first asked him, you know, with uh, the offseason, how much time he allows himself to decompress a little bit. As far as decompressing from baseball, uh, a good month or two, but from life, not at all. I go back to being a full-time dad, uh, kind of get caught up in their new schedules, new routines that I miss for eight months. So in life, there's not much of slowing down. It's just a different gear of uh, being a dad and enjoying that. Well, hopefully you are um, and, and get that kind of time during the offseason. From a baseball standpoint, there's been a lot of change since the season end from a position player standpoint what is it like for you and and how do you you know how do you kind of see the offseason from that standpoint uh the last two years the off seasons have been a lot sped up i guess from the seasons before you want to get right back on the field the way we ended kind of both years in a row um however this year the way we were just mentally physically fried of that run we had to play the last three months with our baseball lives on the line that I've given the guys a little more of a break. Uh, we re-signed Zanino. There's plans to meet him next week. Other than that, I, I'm just going to start checking in mid-December and seeing where our roster's at. We've already made a move with Tommy that kind of hurt our feelings a little bit, but we know as a Ray that's some of the things that happens. So it's more wait and see the way our roster is right now. Let's get back to Mike. How much do you think it will help that he knows the pitching staff? He spent so much time learning a staff where at least now he can focus, he knows the staff, and he can focus a little more on the offensive side. 
Correct, and we know each other, and we've had conversations on things that we want to work on, things we want to see at the beginning of spring training rather than using spring training the way we did last year to tinker with certain things. We want to do that in the offseason, have ideas to build off. His potential is through the roof. We know that. Uh, we're planning on seeing a little more this year. Speaking of potential, Hunter Renfro, um, have you had any texts conversations yet and if not when do you kind of start that rolling to get him comfortable with you and the organization uh we're waiting for that to be official which finally happened so then i'll reach out probably in the next couple days being here it'll be more of a get to know him do you have any questions for me first i've looked at plenty of video on him i have some ideas but kind of letting him speak early on i don't want to say anything i saw for me it's more to hear his words of way of doing these things, and that, that's more important at the beginning for sure. What's your thought on his potential? Now, I mean, you, you, he hit 33 homers last year. He's got power. I mean, you, I don't know if you can call potential when you hit 33 homers in the big leagues. I think you've already done that. So just being a little more consistent, hearing what his thoughts are on that, knowing that he's had success, what has caused that. I mentioned this to Kevin Cash the other day, that – as well as this team played and the fact that they got 96 wins, there are a lot of guys on the position player side who have room for growth, or at least in Brandon Lau and Yanni Diaz's case, if they're healthy for the full season. And you had guys like Joey Wendell, who was hurt, Daniel Robertson, who had a down year by his standards, Mike Zanino too, that there are guys, even though you lost to Tommy Pham, there are guys who have the ability to elevate their own games to help the group overall. For sure. Injuries happen, and it happened on both sides of the ball for us, and you hope they don't happen again, but it's going to, so we need guys to step up. A lot of our guys have not reached their ceiling, and that's what's been fun is we won 90 games, 96 games, playoffs, and guys just keep building, keep growing, and we expect them to take another step forward. And one of those guys who I didn't mention, I wouldn't say he had a down year, it was, it was really a growth year, was Willie Adamas. How good can he become, and where's, where are the areas offensively that you think he can grow next year? We saw him the last month finally reaching that ceiling of his power. We've known it's been in there in the minor leagues. It's kind of been to the opposite side. He started getting to fastballs and hitting big boy homers, as I would say. Uh, He's excited. We're excited. We're not going to ask him to do anything more. He's catching the ball on defense. He's working really hard on offense and defense, and he's just going to keep growing. And how he reaches that, we're not going to sit here, well, we need you to hit 280. We need you to hit 25. It's just going to keep happening slowly. And Austin Meadows, he had the most polished season of all. What kind of conversations will you have with him as the offseason progresses? And is it, hey, just keep doing what you're doing? Uh, Pretty much, yeah. I mean, we found a pretty good routine early on in the season. He stuck to it all year. It'll be brief. It'll be about fishing, and it'll be about having fun and making sure he just keeps being Austin Meadows. There's no secrets with him. And for you, knowing that this team is probably going to add bats to the lineup at some point, do you even start thinking about what the overall complexion is, or do you kind of wait until, hey, they say, I think we're pretty much done, this is the group you have? It's one of those things, you just kind of roll with it. You, you have ideas, you've looked at players, you, you kind of would like it to be sped up, but you know we wait and towards the end of uh, the offseason and sign a couple guys in. It's one of those that I enjoy relationships, I have relationships throughout the game, and most of the time they kind of check up on my background and see what we do and it's usually positive. Well your focus is all on the major league side obviously the farm system is right at the top of the game and they've got Wander Franco and Vidal Brujan and now they added Xavier Edwards and I, I look at the group and I'm like wow they've got switch hitters who all have 
you know, contactability. How excited? I mean, do you look down the road and say, "Wow, what you know, what that, how neat would that would be to add to a Meadows to allow eventually, whether it's in the next year or two or three? For sure, there's a lot of excitement throughout the whole organization. You know that not all of them are going to make it, but you know you can get excited on all of them for sure, just like the whole industry is. So we don't want to add pressure to them. We want them to step in slowly like each guy has done. When a, you see a B-Lau walk in and kind of make the all-star team and who knows, maybe rookie of the year if he doesn't get hurt, you, you see the improvement that Willie made. You, you just let to the way it's happened organically, nothing forced. All you guys got to do is step in and be a part of it. You don't need to carry anybody. Well, great to see you. Enjoy what's left of your offseason and the family time. And I'm sure before you know it, we'll be sitting down in Port Charlotte. It'll happen fast, but I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks, Neil. Good stuff from Chad Matola, and we'll see how things evolve for the Rays uh, during the course of this uh, major stretch of the offseason after the winter meetings. And then um, I thought it was also a, a good idea to chat with Justin Sua because he had such a, a major impact in uh, my mind on this ball club coming in as a new staff member. There were so many players who spoke highly of um, how he was with his motivational chats on a day-by-day basis, but I think also uh, the way he engaged. So I had a chance to uh, ask him you know, what he enjoyed uh, most about this season and what it meant to him? I think the answer to those two questions, they are, are very similar. What it meant to me is to be able to be part of an organization, a group of individuals to day one at spring training when Kevin said that uh, Kevin said we had a special group of men in that room and and that we have an opportunity to do something great and for him to have the passion behind it and and to trust each other and to say hey you know what we're going to focus on giving your best effort and be a great teammate and to see that go for him to continue to be consistent with that message day in and day out and the players continue to play hard through the ups and downs of the season and to rally together do something special it meant the world and to see how everyone had their part from our, our athletic trainers to the coaches to our, our chefs to the everybody every our clubhouse our our, our director of, of video everyone was involved in to to help the team succeed so you and and the race did a really good job sometimes of putting out maybe a little piece of a message that you put out to the team on twitter or other social media what did that mean to you, and how hard was it to try and find creative, different ways every day to get a message out that was relatable to players? Yeah, one of the things that I, I love about the Rays organization is is the promotion of mental skills training. They, they promote it. They, they, from the coaching staff to the players to everybody, just, hey, this is something that woven into the fabric of what we do. And as a mental skills coach, it's, I'm truly humbled and grateful is the two words that that pop into my mind um and then the second part of, of your of your question um help me remind, remember remind yeah how hard is it to come up with a new message or a or a different way of saying the same thing yes and that the creativity part is something that every single day studying and trying to understand okay what is, what are the needs of the players and then how do we convey it in a way that is tangible it's quick and easy to understand and so the creativity, really, the message derives from what the players are experiencing. I, I sit and I talk with the players. I talk with the coaches, and they will tell me, hey, we need a message about this. And then I'll go out and I'll look for whether it be a video or a research or a story or something to help supplement what they're already going through. So really using the players 
and the staff to really identify what the message is, and then I'll go and I'll try to find uh, something to really uh, hit that home. And you're you you were balancing baseball and football, but now you're just focused on the Rays, right? Yes, now it's all Rays now, and uh, and exciting, especially this off season to be able to sink in and talk to some of the players and get ready for spring training and exciting uh, 2020 campaign. So, give me an idea of that. How often are you talking to players, whether it's by text, by phone, by email, and how does that change as the off season progresses? Yes, the one thing once the season is over, what all the a lot of players and they'll tell you this, they say. We want, we just want to rest. We just want to be with our families, and not just the players, the coaching staff, uh, supports to everybody. Everyone needs to take a deep breath because, as everybody knows, it's it's an every single day thing, and uh, and so throughout the holidays this is a time to check in on them how they're doing i'll i'm connected with a lot of them on social media and hey have fun on the island or have fun at disney world and seeing marriages happen and you want to check in and see how they're doing because you care about them as people but then once the holidays are over once we hit january 1st that's when players begin to say okay let's start to set some goals for 2020 okay let's start to create this routine let's start to to look at what did I do well last season? What do I need to do better from the mental side? And so that's where the phone calls will start happening and getting a little bit more in depth as we prepare for to get ready for spring training. And I would assume conversations with the coaching staff too. That is correct. Uh, we got a new new team coming. The landscape has changed a little bit, and uh, even the addition or subtraction of one player can can change a culture. And what our coaching staff does so well at is they take that in consideration and coming up with ideas on how to build unity and how to solidify and build a cohesive unit um, during spring training because that time is so vital. And so in talks on what we can do to to. Uh, help accelerate that process or create an environment where, where we can build that. How hard is that? Because this organization normally turns over players on a fairly regular basis to keep that same kind of family atmosphere. Yeah, I think I think it's difficult to do uh, with an organization, but there's just something about uh, our, our front Eric and, and, and company are able to find pieces who, that come in who tend to fit in very well with the culture of the team and uh and that's one thing i remember do, i did ask eric and Haim when he was here hey how do you how do you guys do that and they they're very humble they say you know what i think it it happens organically they do their homework and it, it is really neat to see how how the front office is able to bring these players in and and how good Kevin and the coaching staff is at creating an environment where players can be themselves. And one thing I've heard from a lot of the players, when they come in, they they say it. They say, wow, I can be authentic to who I am. And that accelerates the process to help them really um, just be their best selves and build that team unit. And you're looking to add a player to your team, right, on the mental skill side. Yes, absolutely. We are looking. One of the things that we love about the organization is this 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 the importance of the player development of the minor league departments and and of all the staff in the minor leagues and we're looking to hire a mental skills coach to help facilitate the mental performance side of, of, of baseball with the minor leagues and help develop them and so we're excited about that process do you see one day where you might have someone with every affiliate on the even traveling with a team is that feasible down the road you know we've seen other organizations who have tried that out, and uh, and and some say it works, some say it doesn't work, but uh, but you never know. We'll see. We'll see what ends up pan, panning out as as the years come. Definitely not opposed to it.
Certainly appreciate uh, Justin Sua and the help of Chad Matola and also Peter Bendix and Jeff McLaren for being with us on the podcast. Um, if there is any further news, we certainly will post it uh, on my Twitter account, at Neil Solons, on our blog, raceradio.mlblogs.com. Um, again, who knows how quickly things may evolve from the winter meetings here in San Diego or thereafter. But we appreciate you joining us, and we will talk to you soon. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.